Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and guys, I cannot begin to tell you just how excited I am to be coming to you guys here today. I almost said live for some reason, even though this isn't actually live, it's pre-recorded, but uh, I guess old habits do die hard. But anyway, guys, I digress. It is officially the start of the 2022 NFL free agency season. And guys, I cannot begin to tell you just, I am so lost for words. That's how excited I am. And I'm not just saying that just because it's the actual fucking truth. Okay. I mean, we all knew that, you know, some things were going to happen with our Broncos. You know, I mean, so far, everything's been going great, but we had no idea that it was going to go from great to spectacular. So let's start off with the basic. Um, and just basically talking about our new quarterback, Russell Wilson. Now, I know some people out there in Broncos country, especially on social media, on Twitter, and uh, a couple people on Facebook, uh, Broncos Facebook forums, uh, were basically not as excited as the most, uh, the most of us, as the rest of us are in the signing of Russell Wilson because they feel that we gave up uh, maybe not so much the draft picks, but we gave up on, you know, big name players like... I know not a lot of people are would consider Drew Locke a big name player, but he's still a name and he's still a player. He might not be big, he was predicted to be, but he's still a you know a name and a player. And uh, of course, we gave up Shelby Harris, who's one of my favorite defensive linemen in the league. Not just because he played as a Bronco, but you know his up and coming story is just fantastic, and he still has some of the best hands in the league. And of course, giving up uh, Noah, Noah, <laughs> Noah Fant, who is an up-and-coming tight end who's definitely got a career in the NFL. Uh, unfortunately for him, uh, the changing of—I uh, still say to this day—that the changing of, of offensive coordinators not only took a toll on what could have been with Drew Locke, but it also took a toll on what could have been or what could be with Noah Fant. So it's kind of ironic that both Noah Fant and Drew Locke. Uh, both their their careers or their fates, I guess you could also say, are both headed in the exact same direction in terms of going to Seattle. But guys, you have to see it like it this way. If it would have, if the first part of their of the Broncos plan would have happened in the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers, I think the price for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, which we will also talk about in the second half of the show as we talk about the other acquisitions in the end and uh, free agency pool. But if the Broncos were to somehow acquire his services, the price for that would have been a lot steeper. I think that the Packers would have wanted not just so much draft picks, but maybe a better player than, you know, just uh, Drew Locke, obviously. Uh, Maybe Shelby Harris would have still been able to, uh, you know, qualify in terms of being part of that package deal. But I think Drew Locke out of those three, would probably be the name that the Packers wouldn't have wanted. They probably would have wanted another piece, uh, another offensive piece, you know, maybe like a wide receiver, like a a Jerry Judy, like a lot of people speculated uh, would go. Uh, I don't think KJ Hamler would have just for the simple fact that he's coming off of an injury. And I don't think a team like the Packers would take a a risk with a, a a, a character, a player of that, uh, of that nature at this point of stage anyway. But, Just the fact that the Broncos made a splash is, you know, kudos to uh, our our GM, George uh, George Payton, because 
and and I know this sounds like a broken record because I keep saying it and I feel like I almost say it on every single episode guys but we are just so used to it's still kind of hard for us to kind of get out of this mentality of the John Elway effect you know we were just so used to having or, or wishing or hoping that John Elway would make one big ass great signing and you know that was it the Broncos didn't have to do anything else and uh, I, we just got so used to that, and then when when Jen El, when Jen when John Elway would go and take a you know take a big swing on a player that you know not a lot of people heard about or was you know maybe a judge of lack of character or whatever, you know it, it just made I, I don't know it kind of instilled different feelings in Broncos country. Like some people were for it, some people weren't for it, but because you know it's the Duke of Denver, you kind of almost had and you know we were all in the tr- we trust in Elway, which I, I'll, I'll admit that was a part of that. Uh, philosophy too and unfortunately trust in elway didn't always work out the the way we wanted it to unfortunately but where john elway failed you can also put up a put up against where john elway succeeded so you know uh, let's not go all you know up against you know that man's judgment and you know being a gm is not the easiest thing for any person in any team doesn't matter if you're uh for the our beloved broncos or an AFC rival team, NFC, whatever it is. Free agency kind of dictates what you're going to do in the draft, at least anyway in terms of what it could be. Because obviously in the draft, kind of like free agency, you know, you can make plans before the official start and then, you know, things could change. Uh, uh, and then in the draft, the same thing, you know, just because you have an, an allotted pick, you can always trade up, you can always trade back, you, you know, you can, anything can happen in the draft. So that part of the, the NFL is also going to be exciting, guys. I, I can't wait to see where the Broncos, uh, I know obviously they gave up their first rounder, but you never know. They could find a way to trade their way back up if there's a player they want. I mean, anything could happen. And the fact that we have a guy like George Payton, who's not afraid to to go there, is I, I got to give him kudos because I know a lot of us are still kind of bitter. A lot of us are still mad about how he handled or, or I, I don't know if handled is the right word, but the whole Von Miller thing. You know, I'm still a big Von Miller fan, even though he's not a Bronco anymore. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I have my fingers crossed. I was really hoping to see, you know, Von Miller chooses to come back and, you know, finish his career with Denver like a lot of us would have hoped he did. But unfortunately, when we saw what uh, uh, what the Bills coughed up for uh, 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 for that man's services, I can kind of see why uh, Denver. I think that Denver passed up on it just for the simple fact that maybe I mean, this isn't a fact. This is just an opinion. I think that Von Miller, because he won a Super Bowl, you got to remember when players come coming off of a Super Bowl team, they're that much glorified, whether they were a big part of it or not. Just for the fact that they can come in and say, hey, I just came off a Super Bowl uh, winning team, you know, pay me my money. So you don't have to be the Super Bowl MVP. You don't have to have made the game winning catch or throw the game winning touchdown or, or run or whatever. Just for the simple fact that you came from a team like that glorifies you and puts you in a position where you can demand more money. And that's what I think Von Miller, uh, and maybe not him, maybe it was his agent. I mean, who knows? But when you see that deal that he got from Buffalo, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. It's, it's almost kind of like, if I'm not mistaken, the deal he got after 2015, after he won the Super Bowl with, with the Broncos, uh, but uh, but obviously he was still going into the probably the, the second just starting the second part of his prime 
by then, I would say. Uh, and obviously, Denver was robbed of a year of Von Miller in, in 2020 when he fucked up his ankle and he couldn't play. So it, it just, I mean, I, I'm honestly happy for Von. Don't get me wrong. I'm, 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 I, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. I, I was a little bit sad when I found out he was going to Buffalo, but again on the other hand i was thinking that he was just going to stay with the rams but the rams they they got some uh they're not cap strapped like uh the saints and the packers are but they also don't have like a shit ton of money to just fucking throw around so they are trying to watch their pennies and a guy like von miller who they were able to use or rent i I guess you could say at this point to get them to a super bowl and they're like okay well you know we'll We'll, we'll take our chances in the draft. Actually, not even the draft because they gave up most of their picks. So they might pick up somebody through a trade. Uh, who's ever left in free agency after all the big names are gone? I mean, uh, the sky's the limit on what they can do. But they got their hands full, you know, going in as the defending world champs. But anyway, guys, I'm, I'm getting off topic. Russell Wilson is just what the Broncos needed. He is that injection of life that Broncos country has been just fucking been leached off of since Peyton Manning rode off into the sunset. Now, don't get me wrong. We tried to, we really, really did try. We got our hopes up with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch. And uh, can you really say Joe Flacco? I mean, Joe Flacco, not really. I guess he's probably the only exception. And Case Keenum was a roller coaster ride up, but it was kind of short lived. And Drew Locke, when he came in, kind of the same thing. You know, he was—he looked like he was going to be the next big thing going into the end of 2019. And unfortunately, I blame the front office for what happened to Drew Locke. I, I honestly do, because if it wasn't for that fucking change, God only knows where we would be today. I mean, maybe we might not be. In requiring the services of one Russell Wilson. Uh, who knows? But that's a different story for a different time. Anyways, the fact that Russell Wilson waived his no uh, his no trade clause to come to Denver speaks volumes. And if you saw his press conference the other day, it was it was fucking amazing. I mean, this was this is a guy who really wants to play for this team and really wants to go out and win. Now, the one thing that irked me when I found out that the Broncos signed Wilson, obviously, and it's probably irked a lot of other Broncos fans, is, you know, how he won his Super Bowl title. Now, he wasn't a major part of that victory. It was mostly the defense that decimated us. But, you know, he did have a part in that offense, uh, per se. So, I'm really glad that in, in his uh, his uh uh, conference meeting uh he didn't mention that he mentioned everything else about seattle but he didn't bring up his super bowl win so i'm kind of glad i mean for it's, it's, it's kind of like the same i'm going through the same motions i did when we found out we got joe flacco same fucking thing i wasn't a big fan of joe flacco at the beginning because of the bullshit that happened in 2012 with that bullshit catch that sent the game into overtime and joe flacco goes off and wins a fucking super bowl and even though the the Ravens didn't beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl, obviously they can't because they're in the same conference, but I felt that the Ravens just stepped on the Broncos just to, you know, elevate themselves as they, they continued their quote-unquote Cinderella season. Excuse me, I'm getting kind of thirsty. 
uh, going into <clears throat> that uh, postseason. But anyways, his and, and his, if you didn't see it, that man. <laughs> I mean, actually, before I go into that, Nathaniel Hackett introducing Russell Wilson was just fucking amazing. I mean. <laughs> The man literally caught himself literally a second away from saying, Russell Wilson, holy shit. (laughs) I mean, it's not like we weren't all thinking it. He was just saying what we were all thinking. I mean, you couldn't have put it in any better words and any better feeling. I mean, because I said the same thing once Russell Wilson took the podium. You know, I said, it's Russell Wilson, you know, dressed in a suit in orange with the Broncos lapel with the pin or whatever. I said, it's fucking, it's something that if you would have told me years ago that Russell Wilson was going to be a Bronco, I'd have told you you were out of your fucking mind, especially after that Super Bowl win. Like, there's no way he was going to come after he just beat the Broncos, one of the best offenses in the league so far. And that Seahawks team made us look like we didn't even deserve to be there it was that beating was that fucking bad but he's coming into an AFC West that if you guys have been keeping track and we're going to go over this later on in the show as I mentioned earlier but the AFC West is starting to look like it is going to be the hardest place to play football in not just and not just within our division against you know our own division rivals but Anybody coming to play either one of these AFC West teams, whether at home or away, I mean, it's kind of like the Broncos raise the bar and then the Chargers go up and raise it and then the Raiders go up and raise it and the only ones who aren't raising shit, and hopefully they don't, are the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the ones that are kind of just like looking up while the the Ravens, the Ravens, the the Raiders and the the Broncos and the Chargers are just kind of having like this... Mexican standoff <laughs> you could say and just trying to figure out you know who can outdo out best the other and it's I, I gotta tell you guys it's I know we say this almost every year we can't wait for the football season to start but you guys gotta be agree with me on this one as a Broncos fan we cannot fucking wait for September I cannot wait to see that ball kick off week one and just I, I mean it's, it's just so fucking amazing and the and the fact that a guy like Russell Wilson can come in and just pump up and hype up Broncos country by just saying a few words without even having officially thrown a football yet it's just I, I mean it, it speaks volumes it's kind of like we the same thing that I went through when, when Peyton Manning came on board i had the same feelings i had the same emotions as i have right now like it's oh shit it's peyton fucking manning it's you know the sheriff he could have went to tennessee he could have went to um i forgot the other team that that wanted his services at the top of my head but he chose to come to denver because he saw what denver had you know offensively just like russell wilson did russell wilson saw what we have offensively in terms of weapons and our offensive line is way better than what they have in seattle currently and our defense is only going to get better by, especially with the acquisitions that uh, George Payton made so far in free agency. And there's still the draft to come. So this isn't even it. Uh, training camp is going to be a real, you know, to, to take a, uh, a word from my good friend, good old JR. It's going to be a slobber knocker in terms of, you know, seeing who's going to make the team and, you know, going, seeing guys going out there and compete and whether they're vets or rookies or 
you know, semi-vets who just came in. I mean, it's, it's going to be fucking nuts. And I, for one, cannot wait for it. But the uh, just, guys, uh, I guess to kind of make things uh, kind of smooth out my point, you just have to believe. Like Russell said at the end of his speech, let's ride. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to ride with Wilson because he is the guy that he honestly said, I want to be in a division where I can compete with the best. And in his division, he did kind of have some pretty good competitors in there. He was competing with Kyler Murray, uh, Matt Stafford, and, you know, to a certain extent, Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's not coming from, you know, a, a shitty division like the NFC East. No, he came from the West where, you know, it, it, if anything, it gets even tougher for a guy like Russell Wilson to go out there and, you know, get wins against those teams, especially against the Chiefs who have been handing us our ass for the last five, six years. So we desperately needed a man like him to come in and, you know, say the right things. And we know that he's not just saying it because, you know, it's almost like he's trying to blow smoke up our ass, but he's saying it because we know he can back it up because he's that type of guy. And yeah, there's been a lot of uh, uh, reports talking about that Russell Wilson, you know, kind of burnt out towards the end of uh, his his last season with with Seattle and that he wanted to leave and shit went sour with Seattle and all this stuff. Let me tell you guys something. And I don't know if I ever said this on a podcast episode, but I know I've said this maybe to a couple of close friends. When Brian Schottenheimer, his offensive coordinator, was let go at the end of what was it, 2020, I said that Russell Wilson was going to suffer because most quarterbacks, they they become great through the people that, you know, they work with in terms of offensive coordinators. For Peyton Manning, I still believe to this day, and you can fight me on this, Adam Gase. That one year made Adam Gase look like a offensive fucking genius and then you know that's why he got big jobs with he became the offensive coordinator in chicago afterwards and then he had had coaching jobs with miami and the jets so and sometimes it's quarterbacks that make offensive coordinators look great and then sometimes it's the other way around where it's offensive coordinators that make quarterbacks not only just look great but be great or be better so in that case schottenheimer and 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 russell wilson were like two peas in a pod you know, they were always able to scheme up the right plays. And if, if one play didn't work where he got picked or whatever, it was, Russell was always that guy who could just, you know, magician something out of his ass and, you know, turn something into nothing um, out of out of nothing, I guess I should say. And when he got fired and you bring in some other guy and you saw what happened, it really hurt the chemistry. And not just because Russell got hurt. You know, obviously injuries are a part of the game. And the fact that Russell only got hurt once in his, what, 10-something double-digit career as a Seahawk is anything but amazing, especially for a quarterback. And as many times as Russell Wilson has gotten hit over the years uh, with that beat-up offensive line, it's anything short than amazing that that man was able to walk off after every single game without a limp, without, I wouldn't say without a scratch, but, you know, without any serious injury, I guess you could say. But... That was probably the first that was the, probably the first stone that was thrown at that glass house where the, the whole thing started to crack. And right now, the, the, and the thing that makes the, this trade just a whole lot better in terms of magnification, and for those of you that are worried about what Denver gave up in terms of draft picks, you have to realize that look how much Denver has tried to find a quarterback. And not just Denver, but all these other teams that have tried to make 
you know, these names, big names out of names that, you know, probably played great in college, but when they transferred to the pros, it just didn't pan out. And for us, you know, Paxton Lynch so far has been the biggest egg on our face in the last five years where they could have went with Dak Prescott and instead the Cowboys took him. But because Paxton Lynch looked like the better player, at least I think he looked like the better player coming into college, that John Elway decided to go with a guy like Paxton Lynch and not just that. But, you know, everybody knows that Paxton Lynch or Paxton Lynch, that John Elway loves tall quarterbacks and with with a big arm and not, not super tall, but maybe he's tall as him, but. They're big guys with a big arm. That's basically what the last couple of guys have had in in common anyway. And just, uh, I mean, it, it, and, and Seattle so far has had not the best track in terms of finding great players, especially with the picks that they get, that they had. I mean, look what they gave up, uh, who, who they've picked over the last, you know, five or six years, with the exception of like Russell Wilson and, and Bobby Wagner and maybe a couple other plays I can't think off the top of my head, they haven't had the best success in, in finding that diamond in the rough or finding, you know, a gem that they can kind of, or, you know, a piece of coal that they can, you know, carve into a diamond or whatever. And it's, it's, just, it's, it's not that easy. So even though they have all those picks in their hand, we don't know what they're going to do. It's not a guarantee that, that Seattle is going to go and actually draft players. They could actually go and trade those picks that they got for you know uh, another quarterback for another star player that's out in i mean anything can happen between now and when the draft rolls around they can always trade back uh, they just don't basically my whole point guys is that seattle doesn't have the best track record in terms of using their picks wisely so and even if they do just the fact that I still don't. I still think that Seattle fucked up letting Russell Wilson walk because if it's one thing you don't do, and it's probably the only thing that the Packers did right, is let a franchise quarterback walk away. And I think the Packers kind of learned their lesson from that, letting Brett Favre walk. Even though Brett Favre didn't have the best seasons going to men, uh, to the Vikings and uh, later on the Jets. It could have bit them huge in the ass if Brett Favre was able to take either one of those teams to a Super Bowl and actually win it. So they actually got lucky, but I feel that a team like Green Bay kind of learned their lesson. They got lucky getting a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who was just, you know, riding the pine uh, for, what, four or five years before he uh, took the reins over from Brett Favre. So while the Packers get to keep their guy, uh, you know, the Broncos were able to take another take advantage of somebody of another team who didn't want to keep their their franchise quarterback and decided to trade him away and trust me guys when i tell you for every single game that russell wilson wins for us and every single game that the seahawks lose going forward you're always going to hear analysts and fans alike always say if russell wilson was still there they would have won that game i fucking guarantee it i swear on i i, I swear on everything that's exactly what's going to happen. Everybody's going to say the same fucking thing. <laughs> Fans and analysts alike. So you can quote me on it. I, I guarantee when I say it's going to happen, it's going to happen at least most of the time anyway. <laughs> but that's what I believe is going to happen. I mean, obviously, you can't help but think something like that. And we as Bronco fans are, are obviously going to be happy and smiling and joyful because we finally got somebody that can throw a football accurately and you know make plays and you know be he's mobile russell wilson is mobile when he has to scramble he can scramble he's got wheels baby so 
And it's been a while since we've been able to say that we have a mobile quarterback in, in Denver. Drew Locke was pretty mobile, but I always didn't like when he ran out of the pocket because he always had that instinct to throw off of his back foot. And I always cringe when he does that. So uh, if there's any Seahawk fans in the audience, good luck with that. <laughs> Let me just say, Drew uh, Locke as a player, I respect him. I really like him as a, as a, as a human being. But as a player, uh, <laughs> there's a reason. I, I, I really hope that Seattle was the one that asked for Drew Locke and it wasn't the Broncos who just kind of threw his name in there and were like, well, shit, really? Drew Locke? He'll take Drew Locke? Yeah, fuck it. Go. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, type of thing. Um, but anyways, guys, before we head into the, 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 the break, going into the second part of today's show, be excited. Be happy. That, that's all I got to say. Whether you approve of this trade or not, whether you're still angry that the Broncos, you feel that the Broncos gave up a ton of, whether they gave a lot of picks, whether they gave up uh, too many players or the names of the players. I mean, whatever your gripe is with this team, just get the fuck off of it. Because I will consider you a bandwagon fan. If you keep this shit up from now until the start of the season, when the Broncos start winning and then all of a sudden, all the people that were, uh, you know, holding, uh, I don't want to, I don't know if holding the wall is the right word, but we're just bitching and moaning and complaining and saying that the Broncos wasted a, a, a their picks that the Broncos spent too much that they weren't sure about Wilson yada 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 don't want to hear it I don't want to see any of that fucking you know hey I always knew you know go Broncos no don't do that shit either you're with this team from the beginning or you're not simple as that because I felt that over the last five years the Broncos organization in in general has been able to kind of filter through most of the bandwagon fans that came from the 2015 uh season or or, or super bowl uh, winning team because there were a lot of <laughs> bandwagon fans and uh, you could tell who the bandwagons fans were when they couldn't even name you three players off of that that super bowl team and they just bought a jersey because it was cool at the time and because they felt like they wanted to belong to something or they just they just wanted to troll. I mean, those are probably the three things I can think of, of what bandwagon fans do. You know, you see them all the time in, in games. Some of them have like that half jersey bullshit because it's like, oh, I have two football teams. No, you only have one. You can respect another team, but you can't be a fan or, you know, you can't cheer for both. That's just my personal opinion, but you can take that any way you want. But anyways, guys. It's time to get dangerous in Denver. And you're probably going to be hearing that so much going forward all spring, all summer, and especially every time Russell Wilson slings the football. You know, uh, it's time to get dangerous. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, let Russ cook. I, I, I saw that one. And guys, I mean, right now, it, <laughs> I guess you could say that Russell Wilson is like the Gordon Ramsay of the NFL because this man is about to serve up some ass whoopings <laughs> with the weapons he has and the offensive line. And just it's going to be exciting to see what Nathaniel Hackett and 
I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the our offensive coordinator's name off the top of my head. But when we see what these two guys are bringing to the table, I mean, it it can't fail. It literally can't. It has to be good. It will be good. We kind of have to go into forward with this mentality that things are on the up and up. That all these signings, whoever the Broncos draft in the draft, and whoever ends up making the 53 is that's going to be the team that you know this isn't a team that's just trying to get into the playoffs this is a team that's trying to win a fucking super bowl and that should be the mentality going forward that they that they shouldn't settle for anything less now obviously we have some ass whoopings to hand out to the you know obviously the chiefs and the the the, the, the raiders who we both got swept by last year and then we broke even with the Chargers, but we do owe the Chargers an ass whooping because I still believe that we should have won uh, that second game. But anyways, guys, that's going to do it for the first half of today's uh, uh, show. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back in the second part with we're going to talk about who the Broncos picked up elsewhere, also uh, in free agency. And we're also going to review... Uh, who has been signed so far and what teams, and I'll give you my personal takes on it. So, uh, guys, we're going to take a quick short break, and we'll be right back after these fine words. And we're back. If you're just joining us, guys, Welcome to the second part of the Broncos Talk. First part, we highlighted the acquisition and the bringing of one Russell Wilson, which I love, 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 love. And uh, in the second part of the show, I thought it would be great to kind of go down so far and down the list of who uh, has been signed so far in terms of free agency. Now, uh, before I read off this this list, I know number one here, it says that Taron, Taron, I'm sorry, Taron Armstead, who is an offensive tackle, is still a free agent. He has not been signed as of this moment. He is 30 years old, so he's number one. But uh, I, I, I got to add in, uh, uh, to this. The Packers traded, and it was breaking news just before uh, I went uh, started recording. And I had to re-record because the, set, the, the, the recording I did before didn't have this part, so I felt that I had to go back, delete it, and redo it again. And that's that Devontae Adams is being traded to the Raiders uh, for, uh, I think it's a first round pick and I think a second round pick and maybe a player or so. So that's, that's big fucking news guys. And uh, as much as I don't like the Raiders, I have to admit it makes the Raiders that much more of a pain in the ass to deal with going forward. I mean, we already have to worry about what the Chargers are bringing in terms of Khalil Mack and Joey both on the edge. Now we got to worry about Devontae Adams for two fucking two times a year. I mean, uh, I our, our defense and our corners have our have their work cut out for him. But I have faith in Ronald Darby and uh, Pat Sertan and maybe Bryce Callahan if he's able to get re-signed. And who else? Who knows who the Broncos might bring in, you know, else in free agency or in the draft, you know, who's up and coming, who they might trade for. I mean, anything, the defense, the cornerback situation might look a little bit different than it did last year, especially by the time kickoff comes around. So, uh, and I hope they do because with a new defensive coordinator, there's going to be a new defensive scheme, obviously. They might try to keep some of the Vic Fangio-esque type of uh, schemes or, or, you know, ideas 
looming. But you can honestly believe that there's going to be a new defensive uh, scheme all around. And I, I got to tell you, that's that's probably and with the acquisition of Josh McDaniels, I only hope that they get the version of Josh McDaniels that we got a couple years ago when he was our head coach and he just drove the Broncos into the fucking ground. So that's the kind of Josh McDaniels I hope that follows in, in the, over the Raiders and that the Raiders play like shit. So, um, but with that being said, guys, uh, number two, and this is by the CBS NFL uh, free agent tracker, which ranks players depending on, I guess, who they believe in. I don't know if it's by most important to least important. I don't know what the rankings are based on, but Von Miller, who's 32 years old, who, you know, obviously he won with uh, a Super Bowl with the Rams, and now he is a Buffalo Bill. He agreed to a six year contract worth $120 million. That's crazy, guys. And I kind of knew that the Broncos were out of the Von Miller sweepstakes when they signed. And this is a gentleman who was further down the, the list at number nine when they signed Randy Gregory, uh, who they signed him for five years for $70 million. And I believe that as much as I love Miller and as much as I want to see him back in Denver, you know, pass rushing the quarterback as a Bronco, I kind of feel like. George Payton kind of did. I don't think George Payton was going to bring him back for the same reason, even though, like I said earlier, even though we were all hoping he would. But if there was a bigger name out there for Payton to get, I feel that if he would have brought Von Miller back, it would have been only if there were no other great pass rushers left in free agency. You know, and obviously a veteran like uh, a veteran presence like Von, the one Von Miller offers, goes a long way. It reminds me of when we signed to Marcus Ware. That's the kind of vibe that Von Miller puts out now. He's hyping up other pass uh, pass rushers that he's working with, and you know, teaches them how to be better and play better. Just like DeMarcus Ware took Von Miller under his wing, and from 20, what was it? Uh, I don't know if it was two, three, two, three years he was with uh, the Broncos. So that's the kind of feeling that I get. Uh, from Von Miller and the Bills are kind of also in that you know win now or bust mentality which is why I feel that they took uh, uh, I would say it's a it's a long shot uh, for 120 million for six years I mean by that time Von Miller will be 38 so uh, I hope it works out for them because that's a lot of money to give a, a guy like Von Miller but, you know, kudos out to him. And, you know, I'll be rooting for him every time he plays against a team that's not the Broncos. And coming in at number three, we have J.C. Jackson, who left New England for the freaking Chargers. He agreed to a five-year deal worth $82.5 million. Now, the Chargers are one of those teams that you don't want to sleep on because they're slowly getting better. And I really hate saying that because I just don't like the fucking Chargers. But... On defense, they're 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 getting better. Obviously, they're they upgraded their pass rush, and now their cornerback situation. Uh, I don't know if Strap Harris is still a Charger. I, I don't remember if I read somewhere that he I don't know if he got cut or traded or let go or what it is. But as far as I know, he's still on that team as a veteran. So uh, the Chargers acquiring a guy like J.C. Jackson. Uh, it's 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 a big deal. So hopefully the Broncos offense doesn't have too much trouble and they can find a way to play around uh, 
Jackson did not become a victim. Uh, number four, Chandler Jones leaving the Cardinals and coming to the Raiders on a three-year, $51 million deal. Now, Chandler Jones was heavily favored or rumored to be part of the Broncos and, you know, being eyed by the Broncos and whatever. And I think that had the deal with Randy Gregory not gone through, I honestly believe that Chandler Jones would be a Bronco right now. But because the Broncos were able to kind of sway Randy away from the Cowboys, I don't know how. I know, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, who was it? I think it was uh, Colin uh, Coward who said that supposedly the Broncos didn't give in, let uh, something about not including a contract stipulation that the Cowboys were trying to uh, in, 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 instill or insert or whatever, and that the Broncos were like, no, we, we're not, we're not going to keep you to, to that. Something about if he got hurt, that they would cut into his, they would be taking a, a part of his money, some shit like that. And that the, the Cowboys were going to do that, but the Broncos said, no, if you, whatever money you make is yours to keep, some shit like that. And Randy's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to Denver. <laughs> and I'm so glad because having him opposite Bradley Chubb. Sorry, got thirsty midway. Um, and we we still, we might get another big name <clears throat> in, in free agency. Uh, depending on how much is left in the cap, we might get a big name in the draft. Or uh, you know, we still have Jonathan Cooper, who's a, he's an up-and-coming rusher. We still have Malik Reed, who's not the greatest pass rusher per se. I have my ups and downs with him, but he can be great. Uh, but Chandler Jones is definitely uh, a, a opposite with from Max Crosby. He is not somebody to sleep with. I have Chandler Jones in my Madden franchise. Uh, that I'm in with my with some of my friends, and let me tell you, that man at single coverage was able to beat almost every single tackle he lagged up against, and he led the our season in sacks. So Chandler Jones is a he, he's that guy. He's that guy. <laughs> uh, Carlton Davis comes in at number five. Uh, I don't know why he's actually oh because he re-signed. I'm sorry, I didn't read that part. He re-signed with uh, the Bucks. Three years, $45 million. Now, I would say that the Bucks, having been able to bring back Tom Brady, I don't know if they brought him back or if Tom Brady came back on his own. Uh, that's still out. Uh, that jury's still out. But whatever it took, whatever happened to bring Tom Brady back was able to keep most of that team intact. Now, obviously, the Bucks lost, uh, what was his name? Ali Marpet, one of their offensive linemen. He's not, he retired, so they're not going to be, they can't do nothing about that. But most of their offensive line is still there. And a guy like Marpet might not be as easy to replace in turn, especially when you want to protect a guy like Tom Brady. So uh, the Bucks are going to have their work cut out in that department trying to find uh, Marpet's replacement. Uh, Brandon Scherf, he left the Washington Commanders, which is still getting some getting used to. And he left for Jacksonville. Uh, agreed to a three-year deal worth 49.5 million buckaroonies. Uh, Sheriff, 30 years old. I mean, the 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 Jaguars. I don't know what the fuck the Jaguars are doing with their money. They're spending all their money on wide receivers, and you know this is probably the only upgrade I've I've read so far on their offensive line. 
they have defense defensive issues that they need to address. So I don't know if it's Doug Peterson pulling the strings or if it's their GM, but whoever the fuck is signing all these wide receivers, they have to. Re- hopefully, somebody tells them that there's a cap space and that this isn't Madden. And I don't know if they expect their wide receivers to go down or, or in terms of injury or, or, or what the fuck, but it, it doesn't make any damn sense, at least to me anyway. Uh, Marcus Williams, 25 years old, stay, uh, safety, signs with the Ravens for a five-year, $70 million uh, deal, leaving New Orleans. Now, Marcus Williams, I don't know that much about off the top of my head, but wasn't he the one that was supposed to tackle uh Stefan Diggs in the Minnesota Miracle and instead he or was that somebody or was that Lattimore I think it was Lattimore who ran into Will I don't know I know Williams I think was a part of that I think they ran into each other and which allowed Stefan Diggs to walk in for the for the touchdown but aside from that boneheaded play Marcus Williams is, is for to get a deal like that I mean the Ravens defense is probably nothing to kind of scoff at it's still gonna be pretty good especially when you get back uh their some of their injured players if, if they even stay but they should so hopefully they i don't know kind of i'm still out on on what their defense is looking like because they like i said they had a lot of injured players and they're expecting a whole bunch of them to come back and we'll just see who comes back and who doesn't make training camp or who gets traded uh, Allen Robinson, 28 years old, wide receiver, left the Bears for the Rams. He agreed to a three-year deal worth $46.5 million. Now, obviously, this is probably uh, this is probably an obvious choice in terms of they're going to replace Odell Beckham, who they picked up as a free agent. And when Beckham went down with that uh, again that ACL injury, I don't I don't know if it's the same knee where he hired her before, if it's his other one, but. I'm pretty sure the Rams aren't going to take a chance with, uh, with with him on that. So this is more than likely uh, OBJ's replacement. OBJ more than likely will be a free agent and he'll probably, I don't know, he might have to sit out a whole year just to rehab off of that and, you know, throw his name back in the hat going into 2023 or maybe midseason 2022 or postseason. I mean, anything could happen, but... The fact that OBJ doesn't have to rush himself to get back onto the field like he did before when he got hurt when he was with the Browns kind of works in his favor. And the man won a fucking Super Bowl ring. So whatever he decides to do, he's still going to be a champ from now until the Rams get beaten or eliminated from, you know, postseason contention. And Randy Gregory, number nine, as I said earlier, uh, 29, he agreed to a five-year deal for $70 million, left the Cowboys for the Broncos. Oh, to be a fly on that wall in Jerry Jones' house. Because, <laughs> I mean, Jerry Jones probably tore through everything, whatever he can pick up still. He probably threw, he probably yelled, he probably cursed more than a sailor. I mean, that man could not have been happy to let a guy like Randy Gregory uh, slip through his hands, especially when they had, quote-unquote, a deal in place, so to speak. And, you know, some shit like this happens. And not only does it happen to him, but, you know, obviously Jerry Jones loves to, he has a big ego, so he loves to stroke it. He loves to be out there and, you know, talk all that shit. But uh, glad to have Randy on board. I'm pretty sure that uh, he's going to be a great addition to this team because if it's one thing that the Denver Broncos have missed 
for a while now, for the last two or three years, I would say it's probably just that that pass rush, that presence that says if you're going to stay in the pocket, motherfucker, you're going to pay the price. That's the type of uh, mentality that we need to instill back in this team. Uh, Devondre Campbell, he re-signed with the Packers on a five-year, $50 million deal. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, uh, offensive guard, he left the Niners for the Jets. He agreed to a three-year, $40 million deal. The Jets, I obviously, I'm surprised that the Jets aren't making any more moves, especially seeing as how they have one of, if I'm not mistaken, one of the bigger cap room spaces in the league. So I was expecting the Jets to make a bigger free agent splash than, uh, well, this is only day one. So I'm pretty sure they're going to try to lure other players in. Uh, But uh, other than, you know, what Sam Darnold, I don't really see any other appeal to, to being a Jet. Other than maybe, you know, playing under Robert Salah, but not as a defensive coordinator, which is his strength. Really, it's, you know, more of a coach. I, I feel bad for, for for Robert Salah because I feel like he's going through what Vic Fangio went through it, only at a younger age, where it's just a defensive coordinator that, you know, look really good. And uh, and that's and that's just kind of what I feel that the Jets are going through right now. And time is only going to tell how much of a uh, patience that Jets are going to have with him before they decide to, you know, realize that it, it, it's not working out and, you know, they replace him as a head coach. Uh, Christian Kirk, wide receiver, left the Cardinals for the Jaguars for a four-year, $72 million deal. Now, this right here, I think is the reason probably why guys like Devontae Adams rejected the franchise tag from the Packers and maybe some other wide receivers. I believe that Christian Kirk, this deal right here, kind of set the market. Because if a guy like Christian Kirk, who's not a number one by any means necessary, at the best, you could say he was a number two under D-Hop, can go out and get $72 million for four years, There's, you got to believe that there's no way that Devontae Adams was going to, especially a guy like Devontae Adams who can almost catch anything that gets thrown his way, would settle for a franchise tag from the Packers and rather go out to... Uh, Las Vegas and literally break the bank and is now the highest paid wide receiver in the league which tells you a lot and the fact that and the kind of circle around kudos to George Payton for locking down Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick for prices that are much more cheaper than what uh, the Jaguars paid for Christian Kirk or what the Raiders are paying for Devontae Adams don't get me wrong Devontae Adams is a great talented wide receiver and he deserves the money he got paid. But th- when you could break what he got paid from one person and break it in two, I would say, and give it to two really great players like Corlin Sutton and Tim Patrick, that's a fucking win in my book. Not to mention we still got Jerry Judy on a rookie deal who's only going to flourish under a Russell Wilson and I want to say Nathaniel Hackett system. I mean, it's it's fucking amazing. It, it really is. And, and I, for one, am excited for it. But going back to the Christian Kirk thing, I I do feel that the, the, the Jaguars overpaid. They they honestly did. And the Jaguars were should have went out and spent money trying to lure a guy like Devontae Adams, trying to lure a number one, because that's still what Jacksonville doesn't have. I don't feel that Christian Kirk is a number one wide receiver. They could make him a wide receiver under Doug Peterson's system and it could work i mean you know going into when when peterson was with philly philly didn't really have a number one 
uh, wide receiver. I mean, you could make the argument that it was, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't, you know, I forgot his name, but uh, former wide receiver for the Bears, who I'm surprised nobody's heard of. His, his name escapes me, but y- you know who I'm talking about. I think he made the very first touchdown catch in that Super Bowl. Uh, but if he can probably make guys like that and make them look good, then, uh, hey, sky's the limit, right? <laughs> uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, edge rusher, left the Panthers for the Eagles, uh, agreed to a three-year, $45 million deal. Now, I don't think this is, was the reason why the Eagles moved on from uh, uh, Cox, but... Uh, because you know they obviously pay uh fletcher cox they obviously they pay different positions fletcher cox is a defensive tackle and hassan reddick is an edge rusher but you gotta i gotta think that the eagles have something up their sleeve in trying to see if fletcher can get a uh you know find another team that could be able to get him a better deal or they can sign re-sign fletcher for a much cheaper uh option than what re-signing him would have offered so the jury's still out on that one, but uh, the Eagles, they're, they're still, their biggest issue is what's plagued a lot of teams, especially the Broncos, up until this season, which is just quarterback play. Getting get, getting rid of Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts was supposed to be the answer in Philly, and obviously that's more of a question mark than you know an, an exclamation point in terms of, did the Eagles make the right choice? Can Jalen Hurts be that guy? And in a division where... Your best, your best competitor is is Dak Prescott. That should that shouldn't be really that hard to answer. And the fact that he struggled in trying to beat uh, you know, the the Washington and um, I can't think and, and the Giants to a certain extent. I mean, and and you know what the fucked up part of that is the the the, the Broncos this past season go off and destroy a, t- a a team like the Cowboys with Dak Prescott but then they go back home just before their bye week and get their asses handed to them by Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and that's the kind of shit that pisses me off about football sometimes is that just when you think you got things figured out some random bullshit like that happens and it's always back to square one so uh, I know we owe the Eagles an ass whooping, so don't forget we forgot about that, uh, Philly. We, we, we're coming for that ass. Uh, James Daniels, <clears throat> offensive guard. He left the Bears for the Steelers, agreed to a, a three-year $26.5 million deal. Uh, the Steelers, <laughs> they, uh, Jesus, they got Mitch Trubisky as their possible starter. So, uh, talk about big shoes to fill in terms of Big Ben. I think that the Steelers are going to be struggling offensively for a really long time. Unless they're able to get a big-name quarterback somewhere else and bring him in and just be a Band-Aid for a while until they can find the solution in the draft, like most teams try to do. I just, I'm sorry, Mitch, if he couldn't make it in Chicago and, you know, he played behind... Josh Allen for a year maybe he learned a couple of things and maybe a change of scenery will do him some good but then again that's me saying if he's a starter he could not be the starter and he could end up a backup and you know Pittsburgh could have a quote-unquote quarterback competition and you know uh, he would go from being a possible starter to you know holding a clipboard so who knows uh, Stephon Gilmore uh, 
with the apparently he hasn't been resigned yet. He's still a free agent out on the market with the Panthers. Uh, I forgot he, the Patriots traded him, so the Patriots got their picks. And Gilmore still hasn't found a team yet. He's 31 years old. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if he gets re-signed with Carolina or if another team acquires his services. Uh, Quandre Diggs, uh, safety, 29 years old. He re-signed with uh, the Seahawks, three years, $40 million. Uh, That's just, uh, I mean, the Seahawks are going to be a rebuilding team for a really, really long time. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, Darius Williams, 29 years old cornerback. He left the Rams, just won a Super Bowl with them, and he agreed to a three-year, $30 million deal with the Jags. Uh, Ryan Jensen, he re-signed with the Bucks, three years, $39 million. Both Bobby Wagner and Tyron Matthew are free agents. They have not signed with anybody yet. Uh, Wagner is more than likely obviously not going to re-sign with the Seahawks. He's still, the jury's still out on him on where he could possibly go. There are a couple of teams that could use his help at linebacker. Uh, Honey Badger, though, he, I, I really do hope he, he doesn't re-sign with the Chiefs if they, they don't work something out. I really do hope he goes somewhere, maybe NFC in terms of safety. But then again, I mean, him with opposite Justin Simmons, if they if that meant that they had to move away from Kareem, I mean I don't have anything against Kareem, but a guy like Tyron Matthew, and especially to have a guy like him come in and help us stick it back to Kansas City, his old team, hey I'd be down with that. <laughs> I'd be down with that. So you know George Payton, get on the phone, give him a call, see what happens. You never know. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba, uh, edge rusher, defensive lineman. He resigned with the Dolphins for four years, $65 million. Talk about getting paid. Uh, Traverius Ward, a cornerback. He left the Chiefs for the Niners. He agreed to a three-year, $40.5 million deal. Uh, both Trent Brown and Akeem Hicks are both free agents. Now, Akeem Hicks was a player that I wanted the Broncos to get like two years ago. He's 32 years old as a defensive lineman. Uh, would I like to see him lined up next to Jones? Maybe not as a starting, maybe as a second team, so to speak. But then again, I don't know what kind of salary a guy like Akeem Hicks uh, would demand. I think he's still a really good player, player, but I guess it just depends on what kind of defensive scheme the Broncos are going to run. And if if it was a Vic Fangio scheme, I think that Hicks would have been signed at the, at the very beginning today honestly but he might be uh, trying out for a couple other teams and he might have his options put out in front of him and he might just choose a team that he feels maybe pays him more where he doesn't have to do as much or he goes to a team that the pay is not that great but you know there's a big chance of him winning uh, a Super Bowl ring. Uh, Foye Olukun a linebacker I hope I said that right left the Falcons for the for Jacksonville he agreed to a three-year 45 million dollar deal. Now, both Jadavian Clowney and, uh, or actually, they're different positions. Jadavian Clowney, edge rusher for the Browns, is a free agent. He has not re-signed with anybody as of this moment. Dwayne Brown, who's an offensive tackle for the Seahawks, has also not re-signed for any, uh, re-signed with the Seahawks and is currently a free agent. Dwayne Brown, for 36 years old, I don't see him starting anywhere. If he does sign with anybody, it'll probably be as a rotational type of thing, Uh, maybe as a backup, which I would be fine with. Uh, but I'm I'm pretty sure I think he came off of a trade deal with the Texans about what, three four years ago. So the, the Seahawks got their money's worth out of Brown by now. 
Austin Corbett, offensive guard. He left the Rams for the Panthers. He agreed to a three-year, $29 million deal. Uh, Gronkowski is still hasn't re-signed with anybody yet, although he's been rumored or almost damn near certified that he was going to come back and play for Tampa since Brady's back. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, offensive lineman with the Ravens, has not been signed. Odell, as we talked about earlier, he has not been re-signed. He's still a free agent, as well as Derek Barnett and Melvin Ingram. Now, Melvin Ingram not being re-signed by Kansas City is pretty interesting because uh, Ingram was did played really good tandem with uh, Frank Clark. Uh, last year so and I think the Chiefs gave up a pick for him before the the deadline last year when they got him from what was it the the Steelers I believe so the fact that he's still out there and hasn't been signed yet is kind of surprising you know even though he's 32 years old Melvin Ingram can still he can still get that pressure in and be that guy maybe not for four whole quarters at in his prime Melvin Ingram but he he can still be a force if he's used wisely in, in the rotational form, at least. Uh, Joe no, no Boom, offensive tackle. He resigned with the Rams for three years, $40 million. Uh, Valdez Scantling is still a free agent. But with the moving of, uh, of Devontae Adams, I have a feeling that Valdez Scantling will more than likely get a deal with Green Bay. That's just my opinion or guess. DJ Chark, 25 years old, wide receiver. He left the uh, Jaguars to go sign with the Lions on a one-year, uh, $10 million prove-it deal. Just fair. I mean, the, the Lions are still in a bit of a rebuild phase. Jared Goff is more than likely out the door pretty soon, if he, if not sooner. Maybe might not even finish the year as a Lion, in my opinion. But jury's still out on that. Uh, DJ Reed, 25 years old, cornerback. He left the Seahawks for the Jets. He agreed to a three-year, $33 million deal. DJ Jones, as we talked about a little bit earlier, defensive tackle, left the Niners for the Broncos on a three-year, $30 million deal. That's basically $10 million a year. Now, I did read an interesting uh, article that said that uh, DJ Jones actually had offer an offer to play elsewhere for more money, but he chose to play for Denver. And that's part of what uh, some analysts uh, have called is the Russell Wilson effect, which is a guy like Russell Wilson coming into Denver didn't have to go out and say anything to anybody, but just the fact that he can come in and you know what he can do and you know what he will do and he what he say and will say. And it's like, I want to go play with that guy because you know that that guy more than guarantees you a fucking Super Bowl win or a really, really good season and it's going to make you look good. Shit. Welcome aboard, DJ Jones. That's all I got to say. And hopefully uh, we can find the right defensive scheme to bring out the best in you uh, going forward as, as a Bronco. Uh, Alex Copa, Kappa, offensive guard. He left the Bucks for the Bengals. He agreed to a four-year, $40 million deal. Uh, Jameis Winston has, actually hasn't been re-signed yet, which is kind of surprising with the Saints. He must maybe he's working something out or maybe the Saints aren't fully in on that injury seeing if he's back at 100 percent or or you know with uh sean payton gone the, the the i mean the saints are in disarray they they're they gotta cut a lot of players or trade them they, they gotta try to get back under the cap there's a lot going on down there uh dante jackson hasn't re-signed with anybody yet either as a as a Panther, so he could be in trade talks. I mean, I haven't heard anything new as of late, but this is barely just day. Actually, no, yesterday was day one. I keep forgetting. I keep thinking today's the 16th. No, this is day two. I'm sorry, folks. Day two of 
uh, free agency. Uh, but Morgan Moses, offensive tackle, left the Jets for the Ravens. He agreed to a three-year, $50 million deal. Uh, Patrick Peterson hasn't been signed, re-signed, has resigned with the Vikings, and he's still a free agent. So he could land elsewhere if he doesn't decide to you know, hang up his cleats. Uh, Connor Williams, offensive guard, uh, left the Cowboys for the uh, Dolphins. He agreed to a two-year, $14 million deal. Zach Ertz re-signed with the Cardinals on a three-year, $31.65 million deal. That's a lot of money. I don't know if that's for the highest paid tight end. I think uh, that belongs to Kelsey, if I had to guess. But, I mean, Zach Ertz wasn't exactly like the difference maker that they thought he'd be last year, but that's because he came in midseason. He could be a lot more dangerous if, you know, going forward now that he's starting to learn the playbook a little more and if Arizona's offense can, can kind of get their, their head together and not always depend on D-Hop uh, to win games, then they can be a force to be reckoned with or win games against really good teams and not against, you know, really crappy teams like they did against the Bears. Uh, Uchenna Nuwosu, edge rusher, left the Chargers for the Seahawks. He agreed to a two-year, $20 million deal. Jordan Whitehead, safety for the Bucks. He left the Bucks to go play for the Jets. Two years, $14.5 million. Uh, Brian Allen, 26 years old, center, uh, re-signed with the Rams for three years, $24 million. Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't re-signed with the Steelers and is currently a free agent. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually stays, seeing as how Seattle is, or Seattle, the Pittsburgh isn't really uh, uh, a, a good fit. Uh, Mitch Trubisky in terms of, you know, quarterback confidence, I guess you could say. Or if the Steelers want to go in a different direction and they don't want to uh, overpay for, for Schuster. I mean, jury's still out on that. I, I know I keep saying that, but <laughs> I can't. I don't know what else to say. Uh, Marcus May is uh, the safety for the Jets and the, left the, with the Jets, left the Jets for the Saints on a three-year, $28.5 million deal. And that's the top 50. So I'm going to try to go as fast as I can going forward. So if I hope you guys haven't been bored uh, so far. I'm going to try to pick the names that I, you know, are pop, probably make the most sense. So uh, bear with me. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this content and, you know, haven't fallen asleep. But I figured that with free agency being as crazy as it has, that it would be great for me to do uh, an episode about it. So. If you guys are still here, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, but Marcus May, I, I think I read that already. Uh, ben Jones, the center, he re-signed two years, $14 million with the Titans. Uh, Leonard Fournette and Cordero Patterson are both still free agents. Fournette hasn't re-signed with the Bucks, and Patterson hasn't re-signed with the Falcons. So it'll be interesting to see if they uh, land a deal with their respective teams or if they go elsewhere. Same thing with uh, Van Der Esch. Van Der Esch is a free agent and has not re-signed with the Cowboys so the Cowboys are I'm pretty sure are still pretty steaming mad over what happened with Randy Gregory so uh, but with a guy like Dan Quinn maybe Dan Quinn might be thinking about uh, bringing somebody else's services around or seeing what they have in the draft I mean jury's still out on that one uh Casey Casey Hayward uh left the Raiders for the Falcons on a two-year 11 million dollar deal Tyler Conklin tight end left the Vikings for the Jets for a three-year 21 million dollars Eric Fisher, offensive tackle, still a free agent for the from the Colts. Uh, Michael Gallup uh, re-signed a five-year, $62.5 million deal. Now, I believe that the, the Cowboys fucked up big time 
signing Gallup to a huge deal and letting Amari Cooper go. I think that they're going to come back and really, really regret that decision. Uh, because as, as, as good as Gallup, he's had flashes, but I'm sorry, Cooper was the guy that was that could be that guy in, in Dallas. And Gallup is kind of, now he's looking like the, the number one, and you don't have Cedric Wilson there anymore either, so now you have to kind of build around it. And with the offensive line being reshuffled and restacked in Dallas and Dak Prescott not playing like the big quarterback, paid quarterback that he should be playing as, that's a lot of red flags in Dallas for me. So I do, I, I seriously think that they overpaid uh, for Gallup and they paid the wrong guy. Uh, Foley Fatukasi, a defensive tackle for the Jets. He left the Jets for the Jaguars, three years, $30 million. Levi Wallace, cornerback for the Bills. He left the Bills for the Steelers, two years, $8 million. Uh, Justin Reed, safety. He left the Texans for the Chiefs on a three-year, $31.5 million deal, which uh, I- I'm sorry. I-, I don't believe Reed could be that guy. He- I mean, he is younger than-, than Honey Badger, it looks like. And it looks like they moved on, that the Chiefs moved on from Honey Badger for Reed. And that could be something that will come back and bite them in the ass. Uh, Uzoma, tight end, left the Bengals for the Jets on a three-year, $24 million deal. Kind of crazy that he would do that. I mean, he was having he had like one really good game with Joe Burrow, and he goes from Joe Burrow to Sam Darnold like from day in the night, and you can obviously that's just screams that he did it for the money. So uh, hey, good luck to him. Uh, Cedric Wilson, here we go. Uh, former Cowboy left the Cowboys for the Dolphins, three years, twenty-two point eight million dollar deal. Uh, good luck to him on that. Both Kareem Jackson and Jaquiski Tart. Are both free agents, uh, the Broncos and San Francisco, respectively. I don't believe Tart will come back to San Francisco after missing that game-winning interception <laughs> in that NFC Championship game. So I'm pretty sure a lot of 49ers fans are still kind of sour about that. Uh, Joseph Day, defensive tackle, he left the Rams for the Chargers on a three-year, $24 million deal. Uh, Tim Settle uh, left the Commanders for the Bills, two years, $9 million. Xavier Woods left the Vikings for the Panthers on a three-year, $15.75 million deal. Russell Gage left the Falcons for the Bucks on a three-year, $30 million deal. So, Bucks seem to be reshuffling the deck down there. Uh, Byron Pringle uh, left the Chiefs for the Bears on a one-year, $6 million deal. Uh, according to some Bears fans I talked to earlier, they don't know why the Bears <laughs> got a guy like Pringle when they were other well, better wide receivers out there. Uh, Jerry Hughes, edge rusher for the Bills, is still a free agent. And with the acquisition of Von Miller, it doesn't look like they might bring Hughes back unless they can get him on a team-friendly deal or if they're letting him test the market to see if he can find something better. Uh, Mr. Trubisky, we covered earlier, uh, leaving the Bills for the Steelers on a two-year, $14.25 million deal. James Conner resigning with the Cardinals, three years, $21 million. Uh, both Dante Hightower and Calais, Calais, Calais Campbell are both still free agents. Khalees Campbell, 35. Deion Dante Hightower is 32. Uh, I still think that Campbell, if he would have came straight to Denver from Arizona initially before, instead of going to the Ravens, I think he would have been so great uh, with Shelby Harris, and that defense would have been so much better. But at 35, it's, and with his injury history, it doesn't, I, I just don't see Kalias suiting up as a Bronco unless he comes on a, you know, friendly deal or whatever in a rotation type of thing. But I could be wrong. Uh, Jer, uh, 
we'll, we'll see where he ends up with that. I almost said it again. <laughs> Evan Ingram, tight end, leaves uh, the Giants for the Jaguars on a one-year $9 million deal. Andrew Norwell, offensive guard, leaves the Jags for the Commanders. Uh, the terms are undisclosed on that, so uh, we'll, we should find out in the upcoming days what the, what the deal was on that. A.J. Johnson is a free agent so from the Broncos. And it, so that's interesting. Could be, it, it, I don't know. I, I totally didn't even remember about Johnson. I know they signed Honey Bear. They re-signed Honey Bear. And, you know, with the uh, with the up and coming with, uh, you know, Kenny Young and uh, Baron Browning, they might be letting Johnson just test the market and, you know, see if he can find something else better. Uh, but it doesn't look like Johnson would be coming back, especially if the Broncos go out and, and sign another linebacker and decide to move on from either Kenny Young or trade him or, or do something else in their linebacker uh, core. So, but I just don't, I, I don't think AJ Johnson will, will suit up again as a Bronco, especially with them uh, re-signing Honey Bear. Cause I, I honestly thought earlier that it was going to come down to either one of them. It was either they re-signed Johnson or they re-signed Honey Bear. So, and with Honey Bear winning that, uh, that contest, it, it, it doesn't look good for, for Johnson as a Bronco, as a future Bronco. Uh, Rasul Douglas, cornerback for the Packers. I'm surprised they haven't signed him after he had a really spectacular season uh, last year. He looked like a diamond in the rough, and uh, he's still out on the market, so he shouldn't be out there for long. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, defensive tackle, left the Bengals for the Bears on a three-year $40.5 million deal. Bilal Nichols, defensive tackle, left the Bears for the Raiders on a two-year $11 million deal. O.J. Howard from the uh, Bucks is a free agent. So is Terrell Edmonds, a safety for the Steelers. Teddy Bridgewater leaving the Broncos for the uh, Dolphins on a one-year $6.5 million deal. Which is kind of weird because Bridgewater was commanding $25 million and then he settled for $6.5. And it doesn't look like he's going to start in Miami. He's more than likely going to be playing behind Tua. Unless they decide to have another quote-unquote quarterback competition. And I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater wants to get on that ride again. But <laughs> good luck to the Dolphins with that. Uh, B.J. Hill, defensive lineman, re-signed with the Bengals on a three-year $30 million deal. Rashad Penny, Kazir White, and Gerald Everett, running back, linebacker, and tight end, respectively, on the Seahawks and the Chargers, are all still free agents, still out on the market. Braxton Berrios re-signed a two-year $12 million deal with the Jets. Bryce Callahan is still a free agent with the Broncos. He has not re-signed with the team yet. It, I don't know if he's still waiting to see if he's going to work out a deal or if he's testing the market. Uh, we should find out in the upcoming days uh, what his future in Denver is looking like. Uh, Riley Reef, offensive tackle for the Bengals, is a free agent. Anthony Barr, linebacker for the Vikings, is a free agent. Joe Hayden, cornerback for the Steelers, is a free agent. Arden Key, edge rusher for the Niners, Key is a free agent. A.J. Green, wide receiver for the Cardinals, is a free agent. And I just don't see A.J. Green uh, signing with another uh, team. I, I think this probably could be it in terms of his career. If he does sign with another team, it'll probably be like as a wide receiver three, maybe situational type of player. But I, I don't know. His, his best days are behind him. Uh, Robert Tanyan, tight end for the Packers, is a free agent, which is a surprise because that's a guy that Aaron Rodgers was lobbying for last year and, you know, made him a, practically a a star so it's a it's a it's kind of surprising but then again the packers are up against the cap so they are gonna have to give up on some players that you know they probably molded and tanya could be testing the market so uh, we should see him land with the team sooner than later 
Uh, Raheem Mostert, running back, he left the Niners for the Dolphins on a one-year $3.125 million deal. Sammy Watkins is uh, currently a free agent. He has not re-signed with the Ravens. Mark Glowinski, offensive guard, left the Colts for the Giants on a three-year $20 million deal to try to better protect, uh, what was it, uh, Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor, whoever decides to, whoever gets the starting one job there. And actually, I'm surprised uh, Tyrod Taylor isn't on this list. And rounding out the top 100, Chris Harris Jr., who I was wondering about earlier with the acquisition of J.C. Jackson to the Chargers, is currently a free agent at 32 years old and has not been re-signed. So, uh, with all that being said, man, that was a mouthful. Uh, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. This is going to do it for today's episode. I hope you guys really are excited for the upcoming changes and with every single thing that's going on. And there's probably stuff going on right now as I'm talking about that. I haven't even checked my phone in, in terms of, you know, breaking news or whatever, but guys, thanks for tuning in. If you guys want to hit me up on Twitter, you can always, I'm always up for talking Broncos or any football questions you want to ask me. You can always uh, find me on Twitter at a six foot 10 Mexican. If you guys want to email me comments, ideas, questions, whatever, uh, you can email me at Broncos talk, uh, Broncos talk 2020 at gmail.com. Also for any business inquisitions as well, guys, Thank you. Thank you so much for the support, whether you're listening on Anchor or Amazon or Google or wherever this podcast stretches as far as. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, I just want to remind you guys to please keep supporting Broncos media out there, podcasts, articles, uh, the team, anything Broncos related. Please, guys, keep showing your support. It's always welcome. And as always, thank you guys so much for watching. And I will see you all next time. Later days.